The Islanders are the only team in the NHL who did not make a move either Sunday or Monday. If Lou's talking about hockey trades, there's going to be a move or two. I'll make no bones about it. Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 131, the post-trade deadline episode. Trade deadline? What trade deadline? And hi, I'm Andrew Gross of Newsday. Please find me on Twitter at agrossnewsday, and please peruse newsday.com backslash aisles for all of Newsday's Islanders content. So yeah, what did you guys do leading up to Monday's NHL trade deadline? Did you pace in your office? Did you constantly refresh Twitter or send out texts trying to figure out what was going on? Did you keep checking the clock knowing 3 p.m. was approaching and you hadn't heard a peep from the Islanders? While every other team in the NHL, except for the Buffalo Sabres, and the Sabres did make one move on on Sunday... Every other team in the NHL other than the Buffalo Sabres made a trade on trade deadline day. And again, the Sabres made a trade. They sent Robert Hag to the Florida Panthers on Sunday. So the Islanders are the only team in the NHL who did not make a move either Sunday or Monday leading up to the 3 p.m. trade deadline. And like like I said, 3 p.m. came and passed, and the only moves Lou Lamarillo made was to announce he had re-signed Cal Clutterbuck for two years at $1.75 million per season, and Zach Parisi for one year, and his deal will be worth a total of $1.5 million for next season. In short, Lou Lamarillo and the Islanders appear poised to run it back with essentially the same group. And as I speak right now, this is a couple of hours, a few hours after the trade deadline, the Islanders sit 19 points out of a playoff spot. They are not going to make the playoffs this season, barring you know a statistical miracle. But Lou Lamarillo and the Islanders, uh, as I said, appear poised to run it back with essentially the same group. I'm sure there will be some personnel moves this summer, right? Uh, But the majority of the core is going to remain the same. We've talked on the podcast about Lou working in the margins this offseason, and that's what it looks like he'll do. The sense is that the Islanders truly believe this season is more of an aberration, more the result of a wacky schedule and COVID-19 impairments, rather than a sign that this is a team on the downside after back-to-back trips to the NHL semifinals. And and Lou Lamarillo is going to give this group a chance to prove that that is indeed the case. And Boy, Lou is pretty much betting both the short-term future and the longer-term future as well of the Islanders on this belief that this group that he has will be able to get back to the level it was before this season. And shortly, I'll play you some audio from Lou Lamarillo's Zoom uh, press conference today as he explained his thinking. But in short... 
He said there were no trades out there that he felt would have made the team better. And listening to him, it sounded like he was talking rentals and not just sending out his own impending unrestricted free agents as rentals, but but bringing in rentals and, and trying to bolster this team for a you know quote unquote playoff push, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, for the past three to four weeks, everyone I spoke to around the NHL fully expected Lou Lamorello to be a seller with the Islanders, as I said, still 19 points out of a playoff spot on trade deadline day. And it just is an aside. Lou, you know, I, I say sellers or I say buyers. Lou sort of went off on a tangent today about why he hates the terms buyers and sellers. And in short, he feels it disrespects the players and the organization, but he understands these are the buzzwords that are used at this time of the season. Um, but that's exactly what it is. Some teams sell off assets. Some teams buy assets for the playoff push. That's what trade deadline day is usually all about. The Islanders have been playing better of late. Uh, they're still on a 6-2-1 and one run. Uh, going into Tuesday's game against the Senators at UBS Arena, the start of a, uh, a two-game homestand. Um, they're still 6-2-1, even after Sunday's lackluster 2-1 loss at Philadelphia. And that was the Islanders' fifth game in a Sunday-to-Sunday -Sunday stretch. And after you know, pretty emotional and good wins over... The the Rangers, a really great win over the Rangers. One of the, probably the most fun game of the year. 2-1 uh, over at uh, um, Madison Square Garden. And then a 4-2 win over the Dallas Stars at UBS Arena on Saturday afternoon. The, the team goes down to Philadelphia 24 hours later. No legs. 2-1 loss. Couldn't connect on passes. But it just sort of highlights the the problem. Yeah, they can win six and nine here, um, and they're still not gaining any ground on the Capitals in, in the playoff standings. And they're so far behind. And you saw they, they go down to D.C. They lose a game they can't they couldn't afford to lose there. So uh, uh, anyway, um, on Sunday, uh, speaking of that two one loss in Philadelphia. I'm sure everyone, uh, everyone did not believe the Islanders when they announced that Cal Clutterbuck and Andy Green were missing the game for maintenance and were day-to-day, -day, as, as they say. Yeah, sure. Uh, that's what, you know, I'll admit it, that's what I thought. Barry Trotz said after the loss that there was, quote-unquote, no story, even as he knew the media wanted a story, and... Uh, Barry Trotz was right. Turns out there was no story. Clutterbuck said he aggravated something that he'd been playing through on, on Saturday against Dallas. He had to sit out Sunday. He sort of laughed. Uh, Cal Clutterbuck admitted the day before the trade deadline is the one day you can't afford to be absent from the lineup as an impending unrestricted free agent. And it turns out, you know, he knew he really wasn't an impending unrestricted free agent. Uh, both Cal Clutterbuck and Zach Parisi talking to the media after the trade deadline said it, it sort of became clear to them about a week ago um, that they were going to be able to get a deal done 
with Lou Lamarillo and remain with the Islanders. Uh, Cal Clutterbuck did say how grateful and how happy he was. Uh, both of them did. Um, you know, Cal was talking. He's been with the. Uh, he came over from the Minnesota Wild in 2013. He's pretty much been on a line with Casey Sezikis and Matt Martin uh, since 2014. Uh, I know Matt Martin spent two seasons uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, where, where Lou Lamarillo signed him, and then Lou Lamarillo brought him back to the Islanders in his first move as Islanders GM. But uh, Cal Clutterbuck said today something. Uh, he had a, a decent career with the Wild before coming to the Islanders, but he said he really can't remember. He doesn't have any recollections of being in the NHL and not playing with Casey and Matt, or at least one of the two. Um, it's been a long time for Cal. He'll be uh, 36, uh, I believe, at the end of his next contract. And you got to think at this point, uh, Cal Clutterbuck wants to, you know, retire an Islander, and he may have a chance to do that. Um, Zach Parisi too. Um, Zach Parisi said uh, even after the Wild bought out his the the final four seasons of his thirteen year ninety eight million dollar deal, and he came to the Islanders this off season when he was talking to Lou about a new deal. There was a, a two-year deal discussed before uh, Zach Parisi signed the one-year deal, um, but Zach, in his mind, was always confident he, was, he wasn't going to be one and done with, with the Islanders, and uh, that's how it is turning out. And, uh, you know, when, when I and one other traveling media member uh, sat down for a private chat with Lou Lamarillo, in Denver on March 1st, Lou, Lou told us he was not sure what his trade deadline strategy was going to be, whether he was going to add, subtract, or as it turns out, go status quo. And, and I asked him today, what, if anything, changed for him over the last three weeks? Well, first of all, when you say that, uh, you always want to be as young as you possibly be. Uh, but at this point, uh, as far as this time of the year, uh, it's impossible to make any transaction uh, that in that light. What we did with the re-signing uh, Cal and, and Zach, they would be two players that we would have to replace in the role that they have. And I don't feel uh, that that would be able to take place uh, in the summer. Uh, so it doesn't affect what we want to do with our team, whatever changes. But when you're in a position the way we are right now, in other words, you usually uh, add players to, you know, make your team better and sacrifice assets to do so. We were not ready to sacrifice any assets unless a player that we acquired, we could get their contract signed uh, no matter what age they were at if we felt we wanted them in uh, for a period of time. And you'll see many of the transactions today that took place, uh, unless there was an extension uh, that it was agreed upon or permission given uh, because of the high uh, quality of player involved, uh, they're all free agents once again going forward. And those teams pay for that no different than we have in the past. Uh, we were able 
to get a couple of the players that we did that with to uh, get them signed. Uh, so that's the way it's looked at. But this does not change any of our thought process or any of the conversation we had uh, with reference to the role that these two players play in our team. Our, our team right now, where we're at, uh, if we could have gotten better by a trade, we certainly would have done that. Uh, and any assets that potentially could have come back for our free agents, if we thought that would make our team better or to the height of the asset, we would have certainly done that. But that was not the case. And uh, it, it, it appears that it was just a stand pat because we're satisfied. We are certainly not satisfied. Uh, I certainly like the way our team has played over the last several games. I think this is also going to be an indication of exactly where we're at uh, now that we've gotten all the turbulence that we went through, and I'm not looking for any excuses whatsoever uh, to see who we are as a team, and it'll really give us an indication of what we have to do. I also asked Lou how comfortable he would be uh, that he would be able to make some moves this coming off season underneath uh, the salary cap and those restrictions. And again, that's one of the reasons I was, you know, I I was on Semyon Varlamov being a potential trade candidate for the Islanders just because you, you don't have his $5 million on the cap uh, for next season. I know... I know how good a goalie is, and you've seen it lately. He's, he's certainly looking like the Semyon Varlamov we remember from two playoff runs. And th- there is a, a definite value in that. And the, the Islanders, again, and Lou Lamorello are looking at this. This group is going to be together in their minds for a playoff run next season, and you're going to need Semyon Varlamov, even if he's you know not starting ahead of Ilya Sorokin in the playoffs. But uh, my thinking was you, you get that $5 million off the cap, that gives you a lot more flexibility. And I certainly think going back to the idea, you know, uh, of moving uh, salary, you know, that's why Josh Bailey, who doesn't have any contract protection, you, you think about moving his salary. But anyway, uh, like I said, I asked Lou how comfortable he was that he would have some uh, maneuverability this summer underneath the salary cap. You know, we will make whatever room we have to make. And I think what the uh, what you're hearing is that we have to see uh, where our players are at and, and that, you know, no, no player, you know, is solidified in anything. Certainly... We have core players in our minds that we don't speak to, uh, but uh, there, there might have to be transactions within, not just adding. I don't think we're going to get better by just adding players. We're going to have to get better by making hockey trades, and that's the only conversations we were having over the last several days. Can we make a hockey trade within our own team that will make us better, uh, you know, the words, tomorrow? Uh, as well as today, and that wasn't able to get done. You heard Lou talk about hockey trades as compared to just adding players, say, through free agency. So if Lou is going to make hockey trades, who on the Islanders becomes attractive to other teams? 
going into this trade deadline, as you heard me say, we thought goalie Semyon Varlamov could help out a playoff contender and also help out the Islanders by shedding his $5 million against the cap for, for next season. But both Lou and Barry Trotz in the days, you know, uh, on, on trade deadline for Lou and also in the days leading up to the trade deadline for Barry Trotz, both Lou and Barry made it very clear they believe the strength of this team is both Russian goalies, even as it appears Ilya Sorokin is well on his way to being considered uh, uh, the Islanders' number one goalie. So Lou is talking about hockey trades. Who who would that be? I'll be honest, if I'm Anthony Beauvillier or if I'm defenseman Scott Mayfield, I'm wondering what might happen this summer, and I think that's a compliment to the way those two players play. Um, because if Lou is making hockey trades, both, I think, Bo and Scott Mayfield would be attractive to other teams, and uh, the Islanders are going to have to give up something to get something. Uh, Mayfield also comes up with a, a very team-friendly cap number for one more season that will make him even more attractive to another team. Beauvillier brings speed, and Lou, uh, like I said, Lou, if he's making hockey trades and not just moving salary or, 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 or looking at the ledger for that, he's going to have to give up something to get something. Now, uh, there are other candidates besides... Anthony Beauvillier or Scott Mayfield, Kiefer Bellows or Oliver Wallstrom might also be discussed in a hockey trade. I, I would think so. Would Lou dangle Josh Bailey? There's another guy, as I mentioned, that, you know, if you, you can trade him and move out his salary, that's a, a little bit more flexibility. But uh, what, what other prospects would other franchises value? I'm going to assume... Robin Sallow is going to be very high up in any team's discussion with the Islanders. Aturati might also be at the top of that list. Uh, would, a, would a team come asking about Samuel Bolduck? You always want to get proprietary about these players, and you don't want to see him move on. But if Lou's talking about hockey trades, there's going to be a move or two, at least you would think, this offseason, where... It's going to sort of hurt in the sentimentality uh, category where you're going to go, wow, I, I really like that player. I'm sorry to see him go. Look, Lou knows the Islanders' core needs some improvement. Uh, he talked about that. He talked about the goal scorers in particular being a disappointment this season and the management needing to take the rest of the season to evaluate particularly the goal scorers. And Here's Lou on how he thinks the Islanders must or can improve. Well, I, I think that uh, certainly uh, it's going to be very difficult to improve on our goaltending, so I think we're extremely solid there. Um, I think that at defense, certainly, uh, if, if we could add uh, a certain type of player, uh, that would help our defense. Uh, we certainly have you know, a couple of young prospects that we feel very good about. Uh, you don't know how long it will take them to grow. I, I think if you just look back a year and a half ago, uh, you wouldn't think that uh, uh, Dobson would be where he's at today and how he's improved under the circumstances. We feel we have a couple of others, but if we can get better there, and over the next period of time, we'll find out about our scorers. 
that's where we've uh, certainly underproduced uh, in, in this year to this point. Uh, in fact, I would say disappointed uh, what has transpired there. And we'll see where our forwards are at, uh, you know, from now until the end of the year. Lou also spoke of uh, the quote-unquote turbulence this season, what that said turbulence has brought, and how that can't be an excuse. And look, we, we've been over this ad infinitum, a 13-game road trip to start the season, and then long stretch at home, so there's no rhythm, and then postpone games, and then COVID outbreaks, Um not many games in December through mid-January, and now as they finish the season, it's either a game every other day or back-to-back games, and, you know, they just played five games in seven and a half days from Sunday to Sunday, and that's just outrageous, right? Um, Lou, like I said, he, he knows it's it was turbulence, but he has said that can't be an excuse. He said that again on Monday. He uh, he said he understood that the Islanders not making a deal today uh, by, by by standing pat almost looks like the Islanders are satisfied. He made it very clear that the Islanders management is not satisfied. Um, I, I I understand if you're looking at it, uh, you know, just kind of you know, without talking or, 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 or getting background on it. I, standing Pat does look like, you know, an organization that is burying its head in the sand over some of the issues. And, and Lou tried to make it clear that that is not the case. And also Lou was asked about Barry Trotz's status. And this was something that I brought up to Lou in our private chat that I mentioned in Denver on March 1st. And, and to be honest, he was not pleased that I brought up the topic. Um, cause I asked about Barry going into the final year of his deal and you know, Lou, Lou kind of, you know, he pushed back on that and say, it was my understanding that Barry was going into the final year of his contract, but Lou had never said that. And that was, you know, Maybe that was a fact for me, but Lou would not confirm that that was a fact. Um, and, and today, Lou, again, when he was asked about Barry Trotz and his status and what what kind of job Lou thought Barry was doing through this season, um, Lou, Lou did concede that Barry is under contract for next season. He did not, you know, he never said that this is the last year of Barry's initial contract with the Islanders. Although, uh, if I recall, when, when Barry came over from the Capitals, I think we all wrote that he had a five-year deal, but Lou has never confirmed that. I, what I asked Barry, uh, Lou about was as a philosophy, how does Lou feel about coaches going into the last year of deals, whether they necessarily need to be extended before going into, you know, a quote-unquote lame duck uh, season. And again, Lou didn't like that line of questioning because A, he didn't want to acknowledge anything about the term of Barry's contract, and B, he believed that anyone who's under contract, be it a coach, a player, 
himself as a general manager. No one should be concerned with their contract status because if you have a contract, that's good enough and, and you need to focus on the task at hand, whether you play or you coach or you GM. Um, Lou added, he would hate to think that any, you know, a coach, a player, or a GM was going through a season focused on contract status. So here was Lou's response from today when he was asked about Barry Trotz going forward. Well, as I, as I mentioned, uh, when that question was asked uh, at another time, uh, when people are under contracts, I don't know why we have to talk about what the future is uh, today or tomorrow, but uh, uh, Barry is certainly under contract for next year, and I don't talk about these type of things. Uh, that became public knowledge uh, from uh, wherever it came, I don't know. Uh, so in, in saying that, uh, I think that's a, that's a question for the future. So before signing off, let me give my two cents and try and put a bow around this. Um, I'll make no bones about it. I certainly thought the Islanders were going to be sellers, and I certainly thought the Islanders should be sellers, at least for some of their impending unrestricted free agents. It doesn't surprise me one bit that Zach Parisi got a deal for next season. He is, he has been a valuable player for this team. Uh, he's started to score as of late. He's always moving his feet. He's pesky around the crease. Uh, they, they, they play him net front on a power play. They can kind of use him in all situations. I, 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 I was getting the feeling, uh, going back a little while now that this team valued Zach Parisi going forward. Um, so that deal did not surprise me one bit. I'll admit I am a little bit surprised Cal Clutterbuck got two more seasons and, it has nothing to do with Cal as a player. He's he's been a, a honestly he's been a great Islander. Uh, still is a great Islander. He's been one of the most consistent forwards this season. And if Cal Clutterbuck had been traded today, or if he was gone via free agency this off season, the Islanders would have sorely missed Cal Clutterbuck. But I, honestly, I just thought we had gotten to the point where some roster changeover was necessary. And at age 34, even with Casey Sezikis signed for another five seasons past this, and with Matt Martin still with two more seasons after this on a deal, the roster has to get younger someplace. And also, now, what was the point of signing Ross Johnson to a four-year, $4.4 million extension that does not even start until next season. That's just money against the cap with no real spot for Ross. So, look, loyalty to Cal Clutterbuck, to Zach Parisi, and, and as was shown today, to Dano Char and Andy Green, um, both defensemen who appear to have reached somewhat of a handshake agreement before the season, that unless it was a trade that Lou Lamarillo couldn't pass up because of how it would help the Islanders, both of those veteran defensemen, uh, 39 and 45, would stick around for the whole season. Look, loyalty to players like that, it's, it's a great quality. I, I'm never going to slam loyalty. I'm just not. 
there should be more loyalty in the world. And, and, and honestly, as I've gotten to know Lou over the years and, uh, you know, I, I go back almost 20 years with Lou Lamarillo. It's one of Lou's finest qualities as a human being is, is the loyalty he shows. And, uh, Look, maybe Lou, as he's done to many people over the season since he entered the NHL in 1987, maybe Lou will will prove me wrong for thinking the Islanders should have moved some parts at this deadline and collected some more draft picks, even though they weren't getting any first-round picks. You know, maybe you could have gotten a a second-round or a couple of second-rounders for Semyon Varlamov. You know, uh, you weren't getting any of these marquee draft picks, but you were still getting draft picks. And, you know, I I keep going back. uh, If anyone follows the NBA in the 90s, the Celtics stuck with Larry Bird and Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish, uh, three of the greatest Celtics of all time. And that's saying something with the players who have played for that organization. But the the organization showed loyalty to those three and it came back and bit them because they all got very old very quickly and it took the organization a while to to rebound from that not to use a basketball pun sorry about that um like i said lou has proven many people wrong he's got a much better hockey mind than i do i'm not even going to uh you know I'm not even going to go down that road, but I, I, you know, just being around this team, I, I thought it was time to maybe trade some parts and, and to kind of, if not set this team down a new path, at least have a new avenue there with, uh, with restock some of the, uh, uh, the minor leagues, if you will, um, just the organization does need to get younger and they did not do that today. And I don't know how much they're going to be able to do that, uh, this off season. Um, look, I, I, I can't see either Andy Green or Dano Chara back with the team next season. And I know you shouldn't make trades just for trade sakes. Uh, but I, 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 I'll say I was very surprised when the three bells chimed at 3 p.m. and the Islanders were still quiet. And like I said, them and the Buffalo Sabres, the only two NHL teams not to make a deal today. And the Buffalo Sabres get a pass because they made a deal the day before the trade deadline. Of course, all of this just makes for great speculation leading into the offseason. So there's that. I mean, we spent how many episodes leading into the trade deadline, talking about the trade deadline, and now we've got between now and July to continue speculating. So I hope you all look forward to that. And anyway, thanks for listening. I am Andrew Gross of Newsday. I'm on Twitter at agrossnewsday. You can find all of Newsday's Islanders content at newsday.com backslash aisles. And until the next episode, happy hockey, everybody.